Welcome to the Dr. Judd Podcast. This is Dr. Judd. Do you ever wonder why it's so hard to stop scrolling on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter? That restless itch to see what's next? Or maybe even you're struggling with wanting to get all the information you need. That itch is curiosity. But not all curiosity is created equal. And by understanding how curiosity works, you can use it to change habits and feel better at any time. I'm Dr. Judd Brewer, addiction psychiatrist and neuroscientist specializing in anxiety and habit change. Let's dive right in. As I've talked about in earlier videos, our brains need accurate information to plan for the future. One way that we seem to be driven to get information is that restless need-to-know itch that comes when we don't know something. Yet not all curiosity is created equal. Curiosity comes in two flavors, pleasant and unpleasant. In 2005, the psychologist Jordan Littman named two main flavors of curiosity, which he called I-curiosity and D-curiosity. I-curiosity stands for interest, the pleasurable aspects of hunger for knowledge, while D-curiosity stands for deprivation, the idea that if we have a gap in information, we go into a restless, unpleasant need-to-know state. In other words, curiosity, our drive for information, can either induce a pleasant state or reduce an aversive state. Let's take an example. What's it like to wonder when this is all going to be over? When are we going to be able to stop social distancing? How bad is the economic impact of the pandemic going to be? That's your de-curiosity, deprivation. You also experience this when you're itching to check a text during a meeting. That fire of uncertainty that's causing your phone to burn a hole in your pocket is suddenly put out when you see who texted you. This reduction in uncertainty the stress of not knowing, is the reason why New York City installed digital signs in the subway system. Ironically, people would rather know that the next train is 15 minutes away than not know that it's only two minutes away. Yes, our brains are crazy like that. Eye curiosity, on the other hand, is piqued when we become interested in learning more broadly about a specific topic. This is different than filling a deficit, as in de-curiosity, because there isn't a deficit there in the first place. When we're out exploring nature or learning something new, there isn't a particular point we're trying to reach. We're simply enjoying the journey of learning more. Fascination is eye curiosity on steroids. So why do we have curiosity in the first place? It turns out curiosity builds on the evolutionarily conserved reward-based learning mechanisms in our brains. Reward-based learning relies on positive and negative reinforcement. You want to do more of the things that feel good and less of the things that feel bad. Back in caveman days, this was really important for helping us find food, feeling good, and avoiding danger, feeling bad. This might also be the case with curiosity. The idea that curiosity aligns with reward-based learning has been supported by a growing body of research. A study by Matthias Gruber and colleagues at the University of California, Davis, had students review a list of trivia questions and rate their curiosity level in learning the answer. At peak curiosity, dopamine pathways in the brain fired with increasing intensity, and there was a stronger connection between reward centers and the hippocampus, a brain area associated with memory. Peak curiosity primes students to remember more information, not just the answers to their trivia questions. Another study by Tommy Blanchard and colleagues looked at the orbitofrontal cortex, or the brain region associated with reward value. This is the brain region that assigns value to different things. It's the bigger, better offer part of the brain that I've talked about in previous videos. 
In fact, in studies of primates, Blanchard's team found that primates were willing to give up rewards, such as getting a drink of water when they were thirsty for information. Together, these studies suggest that the saying thirst for knowledge really is more than metaphorical. Curiosity follows that same basic behavioral pathway as reward-based learning, and even has a literal reward value in the brain. Now let's dive into the experience of deprivation and interest curiosity from our own experience. Each curiosity flavor has a different taste. They fall into different categories in terms of how they feel in our bodies. Deprivation curiosity feels closed and interest curiosity feels open. What about their reward structure drives these behaviors? With deprivation curiosity, getting the answer is rewarding. But with interest curiosity, the process of being curious feels good in itself. This is critical for two reasons. First, with interest, we don't need something outside of ourselves to get a reward. It is intrinsically rewarding. And second, because of this, it doesn't run out. Social media is a great example of where we can tap into both types of curiosity. We might be mindlessly scrolling or using it in a proactive way to learn new things. And if we don't pay attention, we might not even notice that we're switching off between the two, scrolling until we find something interesting to read. So how can we use this knowledge to optimize curiosity-driven learning? As scientists like myself love to do, this can be graphed out in the form of an inverted U-shaped curve. Imagine curiosity on the vertical axis and knowledge on the horizontal axis. With very little knowledge, curiosity is very low. As we start gaining knowledge, curiosity goes up and eventually plateaus. As we gain even more knowledge, curiosity decreases because information gaps have been filled. Put another way, curiosity seems to follow a Goldilocks rule with regard to information. Too little uncertainty about something fails to provoke curiosity. Too much uncertainty provokes anxiety. Finding the sweet spot of curiosity requires staying atop the inverted U-shaped curve and having just enough information to sustain our curiosity. Most of us approach ourselves in the world with de-curiosity, like a problem to be solved. But we're all actually in the perfect place to build and sustain curiosity about our own minds. Some knowledge, like learning about habit formation by identifying rewards, can help us get interested and point us in the right direction to fill in those information gaps. The scientific studies from my lab and many others have laid out the foundational elements of how habits form, which is enough knowledge to put you in that sweet spot to get curious about your own experience. This will allow you to develop the wisdom to know exactly how your own mind works so that you can work with it. You can probably already see how this primes you to stay at the top of that inverted U-shaped curve, getting more and more curious about your habits, as well as becoming curious about what you can learn when you get caught in a habit loop. As Einstein put it, curiosity has its own reason for existence. One cannot help but be in awe when he contemplates the mysteries of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure of reality. It's enough if one tries merely to comprehend a little of this mystery each day. Never lose a holy curiosity. Or as Charlie McKeezy put it simply in his book, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, be curious. So see if today you can start setting the habit of being curious about everything, including the unknowns. So instead of getting caught up in worrying about the future, you can explore life one moment at a time. Onward, together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
please don't forget to subscribe to receive future episodes, and please share this with friends or loved ones who might find the content helpful. To learn more about mindfulness and habit change, visit drjud.com. See you next time.